Welcome to the Possibility Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton, aka Possibility Man. We're committed to bringing you guests who strive to better people's lives and serve as a force for good in the world. Our guest today is Scott Kelly. He is the founder of Scott Kelly Consulting and Coaching. He's a professional development and life coach, mentor, and trainer. He's also an integrative health practitioner. His clients have included Olympic athletes, couples and families, corporate teams, and others. His brand promise is to help individuals achieve peak performance in life, work, and play. Scott Kelly, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Look, I'm looking forward to our conversation. But first, a note to our viewers. If you are watching this program, like us, share us, and follow us. If you're listening on a podcast platform, remember to like us. Our sponsor information is below the description of this show. Remember, your support matters, and we appreciate it. Okay, Scott, I've been looking forward to talking to you for several weeks now, and I'm happy that you made some time for us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So look, let's look at your professional coach, and you also do integrative medicine, and I want to integrative health. I want to look at them separately in a moment. But what is the job of a life coach? How do you see that role? That yeah. of a life and professional development coach. Um, well, thank you, thank you for the question because I think um, I think there's some confusion around this. You know, I, I see the role of a life coach as someone who can see somebody truly for who they are, mm-hmm. and most importantly, help draw that authentic nature, someone's true, authentic self, draw that out of them so that they can see the best of them, not only experientially in their body, but also bring that into life so that they can, whether they're at work, play, uh, relationships, no matter what, they feel truly themselves in life. That I think is, is what a life, a true good life coach does. Wow. Now you look, I need to unpack this for just a moment here. You said that, you know, an individual, so we are, we're looking at a person And then you said that there is an authentic quality to an individual. Help us understand this. How can an individual be in the world and not be in their authentic self? Yeah, it's a a great question. You know, one of the things that, that I think happens to all of us is we arrive on the planet and we're immediately assigned roles. We're, we're, we're assigned the role of a child or a brother or a sister or a mom or a dad. And, and then we get into our careers and we're assigned all these roles. And we, we ultimately start to play roles more than we are actually allowing our true nature to come through. Mm. And the difference, the difference is when we are feeling like we're allowing ourselves to come through, our true nature to come through, we more feel like we're at home. We, we feel like we're just being ourselves. There's no pressure to perform. We're just, we're just there, present, and enjoying ourselves. And I think, you know, oftentimes, especially in, t- in today's world where social media is, is, is this platform where oftentimes we're, we're, we're performing, we're entertaining, we're engaging that way, sometimes we forget to just be with ourselves and let that true authenticity shine through. 
Wow. So, oh, I'm so curious about this true, this true self. So, uh, uh, as you look at an individual, you're seeing, of course, what they present. You're seeing their frame and all of these other physical characteristics. But you're telling us that there's something deeper in each individual. Help me understand what that is. Yeah. Deep within all of us is an essential nature. It's something that we're born with. It's something that we're gifted with just for arriving on the planet and taking on a body, physical body. And this essential nature comes with qualities such as um, joy, happiness, well-being, clarity, uh, the, ca the capacity to have new insights and fresh thinking. And, and it feels it feels free, it feels open, it feels like we're just home. This is kind of our primary nature. Our secondary nature are all the roles that we take on. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, what we wanna be able to do in life is we, we, we've, we've signed up in, in, in humanity to take on roles, that's just what we do. Right. But ultimately, we wanna allow our primary nature to inform our secondary nature. Uh -huh. In other words, if we can allow our authenticity to inform being a parent, to inform being a CEO, to inform being um, a spouse, to inform being a playful, curious child, we can allow more of that authentic nature to be present within us. And that ultimately, Stephen, I think, is what connects human beings together because that's uh -huh. what we all have in common. Uh -huh. What is in common for all of us is our primary nature. Where we're different is in our secondary nature. That's our personal expression. Mm. So if we can all be, you know, connect in that primary way, we can find more resilience within ourselves, more authenticity, more playfulness, more connection, and, and ultimately have more fun while we're here. Wow. So I can imagine you saying, you know, when a client walks into your office, you know, if you're doing a face-to-face -face or even a Zoom, and they may be like downtrodden. And I can just imagine you saying or thinking there's more to you than what you think you are. Is that about right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I literally just had a conversation with a client uh, yesterday and, and we were talking about, um, you know, this idea that when somebody walks into my office, they, they're coming in with a whole bunch of ideas that they think are problems. But when someone comes into my office, I don't see them as somebody who has a bunch of problems. First, I see them as someone who is miraculously here on the planet. Mm. So who has this unbelievable true essential nature that wants to lead and wants to come through. And ultimately I see them as someone who is whole and healthy mm -hmm. that have, you know, may have had experiences in their life where things have gotten in the way of their health, but it doesn't mean that their essential nature of health is gone. And mm -hmm. so it's really just helping them see all of these things are still ultimately true and then allowing them to let go of the things that they see mm -hmm. as heavy problems. Okay. Yeah. I want to look at coaching a, a little more and I want to look at life coaching and professional coaching. I'm, I'm going to look at this just like a regular just a human being. So I was listening or reading something recently, and they were talking about the people who may be affected by anxiety, 
depression, and you know, et cetera. And they said that, look, this even goes back to kids in elementary school, that you don't have to be an adult to feel those kinds of pressures. So my question here is that, I mean, are people really dealing with those kinds of things on a daily basis, including our children? Is this a real phenomena or is that maybe uh, some exaggeration? You know, I think it, I think it is. And, and, you know, this is kind of where, not kind of, but I think this is really where things can get a little bit confusing. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is there are multiple facets around what can create anxiety in the human organism. Okay. And I can talk about it from a, a couple of different angles. If we, if we talk about it from the mental and emotional side, what we can see is that um, I can be overwhelmed by the thinking that my brain is creating, by the lenses that those thoughts are creating for me, and by what I'm seeing through those lenses into the world, and I go, <gasps> and I feel overwhelmed. That's one way that we can talk about anxiety. Another way we can talk about anxiety, and they're not, they're not separate, they're oftentimes hand in hand. The other way we can talk about it is through the realm of, of nutrition and lifestyle. Hmm. And the reason I say that is that there is a, there is a, a vital connection between the inf inflammation that, go, that is in our body created mostly by food and the environment and how much, how activated or overactivated our brain gets. And when our brain gets overactivated from inflammation, it begins to see life more as a threat of safety and security. So all of a sudden, those thoughts that we have around safety and security, they become really like alive, brilliant, close, and, and overwhelming. And then they make us kind of feel gripped. And we oftentimes then turn to more comfort foods to try and escape the feeling of overwhelm. So it's this cycle that we get into. What I've seen in, in the work that I do is that if someone is feeling anxious, overwhelmed, mm -hmm. uh, depressed, that it's, it's, it's so vital to look at their overall life and lifestyle, looking at nutrition, looking at hydration, looking at their sleep and their rest, looking at their movement, looking at how they engage and, and connect with people. Because mm -hmm. if we leave that out of the equation, we're ignoring, um, we're ignoring how food in the environment can influence our hormones and our neurotransmitters, which can uh, impact how we think mm -hmm. and the clarity of, which we of, of how we think. So it's so important to pull the lens back and not just label someone as anxious or depressed, but, but maybe pull them back and say, hey, let's take a look at, is your body inflamed? And is that creating an overstimulation of your thinking? Yeah, you know, I've heard some of this before, but never as clearly as you just articulated it. So let me make sure that I get this. I want to make sure that everyone sees this is that you're saying, sure, you know, anxiousness, depression may come from a life experience, but we should not roll out, you know, how food, our nutrition may amplify a sense of dread and discomfort. I mean, that's important to know. Beautifully said, Stephen. That's exactly, that's exactly right. 
Uh -huh. So a person then who may be experiencing these things, either from life experience or poor nutrition, in your experience as a life coach, would you say that there's hope for these individuals that, oh, you know, for them to overcome them? Absolutely. Because ultimately, we go back to, to where you and I started and we said, okay, our primary nature is this authentic, essential self. And, uh, and, and that is true for all of us. Over time, we accumulate thoughts and beliefs and stories and experiences that can sometimes get triggered. Now, that doesn't mean that our essential nature has gone away, right? Oftentimes, because of these, these experiences are so overwhelming for us, we become identified with them. We become kind of overwhelmed by them. What, what true deep coaching can help someone do is reconnect to their true essential nature so that they can be so it's they're, they're, the experiences that, that they're having those those uh the thinking and the overwhelm that they're having can be re-updated insightfully from a deeper knowing from within yeah so the organism responds to life in a certain way be it a life experience or because of inflammation as you've said because of what we we ingest so it would seem that all of us as human beings are in the same boat that it is no one can say, well, I'm exempt because they are a human organism as well. Are we in the same boat and just we may respond differently, Scott? Or how would you how would you explain that? Yeah, you know, yes, I think we're we're in the same boat in that um, that we are all participating in a connected way on the planet. Mm. Um, but we also have biochemical individuality. And what that means is you and I can be exposed to say um, a, um, a similar toxin or similar uh, inflammatory food. And the way that your body responds to it may be different than the way my body responds to it. That's biochemical individuality. Oh. Um, that being said, there may be things that you respond to in a, in a more aggressive way than I do. Um, but so, so we're all in the same boat in that the rules are the same but the triggers may be different for each of us. And so we have to honor the fact that, you know, each of us have different triggers that create our experiences. And at the same time, um, the environment, food, thoughts, stories, and beliefs are all creating a reality for each individual person. This is so interesting. You know, I'm just thinking about this and I want to apply it to a, a family. I've seen this. I've seen a family uh, of, let's say, 10 children. Mother and father can't read, illiterate, right? And in that family, some of the kids drop out of high school, others work in a factory, and then others go to college and excel. I mean, how do you, how do you explain those differences when you come out of the same household? And, and when you can, you can apply this to what you just said is that we have different responses. So how would you explain something like that? Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's no prescriptive journey for life. Mm. And, and I think oftentimes as human beings, we, we kind of project how we would do life and, and prescribe it for everybody else. And, and I think we oftentimes ignore the fact that, you know, um, in, in your example, Stephen, you know, who's to say that college is for every single 
individual. You know, it's a great endeavor for many. Uh, it's the highest endeavor for many, but it's not the right endeavor for all. Right. And and I think that that's it, it's important to recognize um, that someone who's going through their journey of life uh, in an autonomous way, we have to be able to respect how they do it. And we can also help to be a guide without attachment to how they do it. Wow. Um, I, I think, you know, as we, as we come together as, as a community of human beings and being able to respect that, we get out of this judgment, criticism, and um, and prescriptive nature of trying to create all human beings as the same, yeah. uh, really honor individuality and expression along the way. Yeah, you know, I love the way you responded to that because what I heard you say is that each being has a journey, a path in this life. And, you know, and they, you know, get, I'm not sure if they embark on it or get thrust on it or not. And you just got to respect and appreciate them as they fulfill their life purpose. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Did I hear you wrong or? No, no and I, I like the way you, you, you feed that back to me because that, because yes, that's, a, that's what I'm pointing at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one, one way that I look at it is when I'm in connection, um, you know, like with, with my children, um, I oftentimes think about how I've been invited to be a part of their journey. Mm. Now, oftentimes as a parent, we think that we're in charge of creating their journey. And, and, and I like to look at it the other way around where they've come into my life and I've been invited to be a part of their journey. And sometimes I'm gonna be invited to be a guide. And sometimes I'm gonna be invited to be a coach on their journey. But ultimately I'm a passenger of their journey. And, and sometimes what I need to do is just ask them powerful questions so that their true essential nature can come through so that they can feel empowered and autonomous mm. on their journey. Mm. I'll tell you what, you've made me look at my role as a parent differently just, just in those seconds because, you know, you, you, you know, as a parent, you like to think that I know best. And in fact, I can remember my parent telling me, I'm the parent, <laughs> but you're saying something else. You're saying that that the passenger, in many ways, can be the parent mm -hmm. on a, on a child's journey. Can, can you say more about that, please? And especially as it relates to, you know, we live in a very competitive world. Parents want the best for their kids. We want to push them in various directions. How do you see this? How, how do you see this? Yes. Yeah. It's not a. I, I, I don't. I don't think I see it in a in a real passive way. I think it's a. It's collaboration. But ultimately, as my children get older, I want them more and more to take the lead. Yeah. And I encourage them to take the lead and encourage them to also look at the resources around them so that they know that they can um, perhaps, you know, ask me, ask their mom, um, ask their teachers as guides to help kind of uh, inform them along their journey. Yeah. The other way that I look at it, Stephen, is that that um, my children being in my life, they invite me to see something even more about myself yeah. and about my capacities. So instead of kind of being this on this, you know, on this 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 um, this pillar up here above them, what I what I kind of see is, look, we are we are human beings, and 
you being in my life is an invitation for me to see something deeper about myself that I couldn't otherwise see without you in it. Wow. And I'm going to be on a growth journey just as you're on a growth journey. Yeah. They're going to be different, but they're going to, but we're, we're complementing each other in our invitation into each other's life. That's, that's important. Now I can, I can see clearly why, because you work with couples and families I can see why family may want to talk to a life coach because you know you would think that being a parent is intuitive, but the kinds of things you just shared with me are not always intuitive for some individuals. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think I, I think a lot of that comes from this idea that as parents, we are here um, to to um, to kind of drag our kids along the path that we think is best for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know. I just, I just think that there is so much, there's so much gift that children can provide in their playfulness and their connection uh, and the qualities in which they're so already close and connected to nature that we can learn so much from them being in our lives as, as they can learn from us. Yeah. And if we, open that, if we can keep that as, a, as an open opportunity um, we can really cherish that that experience of being a parent and being a child. That's great. I love that. I, you know, I will I will look at parenting differently from this day forward. You know, you said to see like a collaboration, and it doesn't mean that the parent somehow doesn't have any wisdom. But if the, you know, we can acknowledge that, but the child may also have some wisdom, and we get to acknowledge that as well. Wow, yeah. I love That's- it. Yeah. So I want to shift now, and I know that they're not mutually exclusive, but we've been looking, the way I'm looking at this, mostly at life coaching. I want to take it into the professional realm for a moment. You know, and if I'm, I'm just going to throw out a couple of professions for you. Let's take carpentry. You know, someone may say to me, I'm a skilled carpenter. I've been in this vocation for a long time. Why do I need professional coaching? Why would that benefit me? Or uh, I was a former teacher. You know, so I can imagine my colleagues saying, you know, look, I'm trained in my field. Why do I need professional development coaching? Or, you know, let's take it into politics or business, the same kinds of things. So I want to step back and and first ask the broad question, why would a professional who's already trained in the field they're in, uh, why should a company believe that that individual could benefit, benefit from professional coaching? Yeah. The professional development, pardon me. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that question. Um, you know, I think it, it comes back again to kind of uh, uh, where we started. And that is that um, when, we, when, we're, when we're the CEO of a company, we're a carpenter, when we're a teacher, we've, we've taken on a role. And, and oftentimes, the longer we're in those professions, the, the, the more we forget how and why we stepped into that profession in the first place. And when we forget, we lose, we oftentimes lose our creative spark. We, we lose uh, our sense of resilience. We lose our clarity of mind. Um, and, and if we can, through coaching, go back and reconnect with that primary essential nature, really understanding that, that clarity of mind and insight and joy and happiness and playfulness are innately designed in the human experience. Mm-hmm. 
If we can connect to that and then allow those qualities to inform our role as a carpenter, a teacher, a CEO, it's like the X factor behind performance and mm. allows us to see our job, our career, our role, our day-to-day -day in a fresh, clear way that seems exciting again. Mm. It's kind of like, um, you know, being reinfused with the excitement of why we stepped into that pathway in the first place. Yeah. And, and, and you know, ultimately, it, it helps us avoid the, the, um, the experience of burnout when we can always be fresh from that perspective. We can more easily avoid burnout and, and more importantly, bring creativity to the work that we're here to do. That's interesting. Uh, you know, um, gosh, it's like, okay, yeah, you're a school carpenter, that's for sure. You know, I love the way you saw your boards or make your cabinets, perfect. You know, or you're a great teacher, you know, I love it. And then you say, well, wait a minute now, there's more to you than the skill that you bring to carpentry. Wow. Oh, I, I tell you, let me, let me see if I can capture, I'm trying to capture this, Scott. I mean, because you're, you're telling me that, look, when you look at the human being, there, there's something there that sometimes you recognize and cultivate, sometimes you don't recognize and do not cultivate, but you're saying that a skilled coach can help fan the flame of what's already there. Now tell me more, why do you think that something is already there? Why would you think that? Well, everybody has had the experience of, um, of having a, a new fresh, insight or an aha and the question is we oftentimes just kind of take it for granted we take for granted the fact that you know at night we went to bed gripped by a, a so-called problem or or challenge and we woke up the next morning and we go got it understand and we oftentimes just it's almost like we, we, we take it for granted. We don't think much about it. But if we pause for a second and say, well, where did that new fresh idea come from? Where, where did, did uh, this new perspective come from? How did you go from a gripped state to an elevated state where your perspective changed? How did that happen? Yeah. And if we, if we really just acknowledge all the things that are already happening on our behalf. And, and if, if we looked at it from a health perspective, we'd be blown away at all of the things that are, that are intelligently happening from within on our behalf. Mm. We start to realize, holy cow, I'm a miracle. I'm a literal miracle with all of the things that are happening from my mental, emotional, to physical health that are happening moment to moment. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a literal miracle. And if that's true, then there must be so much more on offer within me. Mm -hmm. I simply begin to get curious. Wow. And, and this is oftentimes where we start is just getting curious about all the things that are designed in life that are invisible, but are happening on our behalf. And if we can be open to that, we can, we can allow our roles in our physical life, mm -hmm. be informed by this formless kind of intelligence. That's and great. That's great. Look, in your profile, in addition to professional development coach and life coach, 
you also see yourself as a mentor. My question here is that, do you, I mean, are you using these like all one or do you make a distinction between life coaching, professional coaching and mentoring? Well, you know, mentoring, oftentimes I'll work with, with, uh, with coaches as well um, oh. and help kind of them see um, their, their truer nature and become more empowered coaches uh, for their journey. Okay. Uh, so I do do some one-on-one some -on -one work and some small group work with, uh, with up-and-coming coaches and coaches who have been around who are just looking for kind of a, a fresh lens and a fresh start. Uh-huh. I see. Okay. So uh, I'm going to talk about uh, why would someone look in the direction of getting, working with a professional coach or of life coach, because there would be something to spark them this, okay, this may be a value to me. So I want to go back, you know, you were in a pro another profession before you embarked upon this one. My question to you is what made you look in this direction? So my, my career, Stephen, started, uh, geez, over 25 years ago in the realm of physical therapy. You know, my, my, um, my passion has always been around helping people perform better, helping people see their true potential. And I was really attracted to the realm of physical therapy and helping people get back to, get back to play. In, that, in, that, in my career pathway, I found that, um, that I was more and more curious around um, helping people get back to play in an integrative way because I started to see, well, you know what, if, if I'm working on somebody's knee or their back, um, I started to recognize that there's so much more that goes into the healing of their knee and their back. Some of that came from this understanding about how nutrition plays in the body and the importance of putting in nutrient-dense foods so that the body has the correct materials to build and rebuild new tissue. And once I started to understand that, I was like, wow, that just kind of up-leveled physical therapy for me in a big way and helped people get to a whole new level. And then I started to see that the behavior change required to change their nutrition was much more of a, a psychological, mental, and emotional piece. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started to really dive into positive psychology and understanding behavior change. And as I looked in that direction, um, I started to find that, that ultimately a, a deeper question hit me. And that is, if we're designed to be on the planet, why are we making it so difficult to be healthy? Mm -hmm. You know, meaning does it really require all this physical therapy? Does it really require all this understanding around nutrition? Does it really require all this understanding around psychology? Why is it so complicated and so hard to just be human? And I started to recognize that, that there is a nature, a true nature about us that does the heavy lifting. And this is where I started to look deeper into how are we designed? and starting to see that we're designed for vitality, we're designed for well-being, we're designed for happiness, we're designed to heal, we're designed to regenerate on so many different levels. And I started to look at all these different pathways of how that was already true. 
And if we could actually just more easily get aligned with the design, we could, we could more easily heal, have more fun, allow our true capacities to come through and enjoy the resilience that's already built into the human experience. Mm. And so it was really kind of a pathway of kind of looking at the form and that form directed me to look to the parts of us that are invisible, that deeper intelligence within. Wow. And you made this, you discovered this yourself, as you discovered this inner wisdom, which was impactful in your life. Yeah, it was impactful in my life because I got to a point, Stephen, that, that about 12 years ago or so, I, I woke up um, one day and I had been feeling stressed out. I'd been feeling overwhelmed. I'd been feeling kind of, kind of just gripped by life. And um, I didn't know what to do. I just felt and, and frustrated really. And, and mostly because I felt like I had all these tools and wisdom and education, all these things under my belt and nothing was helping. And I, um, I decided to take a little retreat for myself. And on this retreat, I decided I was not going to work on myself. I wasn't going to read anything. I wasn't going to journal anything. Now, this isn't prescriptive. This is just what, what was showing up for me. And I went on a little a, a, a retreat for about a week. And, um, and it, was just a, it was just a reflective time. But what I started to see is after a few days, I started to feel better. And I didn't know why I was feeling better. And some people say, well, you're on a retreat. Well, nothing in my life had changed. All the things that I was overwhelmed about hadn't changed. I was overwhelmed about work, still had the same job and career. I was overwhelmed about income. I had the same income. In fact, I had less because I wasn't working. I was overwhelmed about being a parent. My, my two young kids at the time, they didn't go away. So nothing had changed, but I started to feel better. And what, what started to come through was this recognition that I was overwhelmed by my thinking. Mm -hmm. I didn't know before that experience was that my thinking comes and goes. Mm -hmm. and, and along with that was this idea that there was a self-corrective nature of how I could be in a low overwhelmed state and then my state can change. Now, that may not sound like hugely insightful, but for me, that was really insightful because at that time, I thought it was my job to change my mood. I thought it was my job to manage my thinking. I thought it was my job to think positive thoughts. And so I was constantly in my own brain managing positive and negative thinking. I was constantly in my body managing positive and negative feelings and emotions, which put me on like, I was like a guard dog uh, for, for thoughts and emotions. Being a guard dog for our thoughts and emotions um, takes us out of being present with life, takes us out of being with our true essential nature, takes us out of our true natural self. And what I recognized in that moment is that I didn't have to do so much work to feel better. All I had to do was be present with the intelligence that was within me, that was self-corrective. And once I started to see that, I couldn't do a lot of the work I had been doing in the past. And I had to move forward 
following this true nature that I see in every single human being. Wow. Ooh. Because this brings me back because I'm glad you said that. Because as I looked at your profile, you did note things like um, there's a hidden vitality in all in everyone. Uh, and I, you know, I could have changed it a little bit here. And you say that you know uh, everyone has uh, an inner clarity. Another way that you put it. So help me understand this now. You're saying that you began to recognize this in yourself and the website that i saw about you you're saying that people can recognize this in themselves did i get that right or what am i missing that's right that's right you know you know where you know if we if we kind of strip away, if you and i stripped away everything about um, the, the qualities about our life if we strip strip away our roles if we strip away uh, race and religion, and we strip away all of the differences that you and I may have that that look different on the surface. If we strip that all away, what we have in common is that we are human beings, and 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 if we go deeper than that, what we have in common is that you and I are being animated by the intelligence of life. Yeah. And if and if you and I can look in that direction and see what's ultimately true and common between the two of us, then we can allow something that's truer than the roles that we're playing, truer than race, truer than religion, truer than, than any job or career. What's true is that we're being animated by an intelligence of life that is in this human body that is called the human being. And now we take that human being and we go out and we express it in all these thousands of different ways and we celebrate life. Mm. But, but what's important for me is to, is to help people recognize that long before their roles, there is a level of clarity that is innately designed within them. It may look different for each person, but it's of the same source. Mm. This is what we want to be able to connect to so that we can be the full expression of who we are, number one. And number two, probably even more importantly, recognize that every single human being on the planet has this too. Mm -hmm. and that if we can celebrate that within each other, we can then more easily celebrate the differences that we have with each other. That's, that's hopeful. You know, that gives us that gives us a chance for sure. So now what is I want to shift the gears a little bit to integrative health. Uh, what is integrative health? What does that mean to you? Yeah, what it means to me is is seeing the body as a whole unit of health, first and foremost. We it's called integrative only because as as human beings, we've innocently divided this wholeness into siloed spaces you know we we look at the muscle skeletal system we look at the organ system and we look at the immune system we look at uh we, we separate everything out into all these different systems and ultimately these systems don't exist uh independently they in, they, they exist as a whole mm -hmm. and so you know oftentimes we would call it holistic health um, oftentimes people didn't like that term because it sounded too woo-woo. Mm. Uh, 
as more and more medical doctors got onto this idea and understanding of this integration model, it turned into integrative health, integrative medicine. But really the, 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 the true understanding is if we pull the lens back, there is nothing that operates independently within ourselves um, that every system, every organ, every aspect of the human being is dependent on every other aspect uh, of that organism. Yeah. And more importantly, if we pull the lens back even a little bit further, that organism is dependent on all the other organisms that it's surrounded by in nature. And this is where we've really lost connection. It, it's not only have we lost connection within ourselves, we've lost connection with nature itself. And that's why food now becomes such an important piece of, of the healing process of mm -hmm. helping someone feel whole again. So to come back to your question, integrative health is, is just seeing someone as a whole healthy organism. I see. Helping them reconnect to that wholeness. Mm -hmm. I got you. That, make, that would make sense. You know, uh, good foods is important. Yeah. Mindfulness is important. Movement is important. You're saying don't eat, none of those things are excluded, but that's wonderful. Now, you, you mentioned positive psychology early on. Are you still, you know, as a practitioner of your art, you know, professional development, et cetera, are you still being informed by positive psychology? Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that question so much, Stephen. And, and, you know, I think there's, there's certainly a role for positive psychology for in my own, in my own journey and pathway. What I, what I see is that, um, that we're designed uh, innately for health, well-being, well optimism, and, and positivity, if we're willing to look in that direction. So as much as I'm not informed so much by the field of positive psychology, um, as much as I'm informed by the understanding of, um, of our true innate nature. Mm -hmm. And when we connect there, we, uh, we can allow new, fresh perspective of who we are and what life is to come through more easily. Yeah. Um, you know, positive psychology was a step, was a step on my journey. Um, for me, my experience of, of positive psychology, and it may be different for everybody, my personal experience was that it was a little bit of, of, of thought and emotional management. And, um, and what, what I see now is, is more of a self-corrective, um, truer nature of human beings that we can connect to and don't have to manage uh, our experience so much. I find that interesting because uh, I'll tell you how it hit me. Uh, what you just said hits me this way. It's like, okay, you can do it the hard way, you know, you can have your list of prescriptions. Remember to write that letter to your neighbor or help your neighbor. <laughs> or you can say you can do it the easy way and just operate naturally as you are built to operate. And you'll just do these things without those prescriptions. That's how it hit me now. Help me out here, brother. <laughs> oh, I, I so appreciate that. You know, I think, you know, with, with you reflecting that back to me, what I, what I, what really, 
um, strikes me is in the realm of psychology, we can get very prescriptive about the behaviors that, that, we, that we want. You know, what, what I think you and I are pointing to is, is kind of far upstream understanding that once we connect with our true essential nature, all of the things that we would want, gratitude, um, appreciation, love, connection, joy, all of those things are byproducts. So instead of trying to do them behaviorally downstream, we're actually looking upstream so that they can actually come through in the most nature. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, in our culture, I mean, in world culture, we make poetry about it. You know, in hip talk, kids talk about certain things and it's like the flow. Uh, and I'm going to ask you just point blank. Is it, is it possible for a human being to fall into the flow of life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. I see life is, is a, uh, it's a flow of energy. And we can, um, when we have less of ourselves on our mind, we naturally fall into that flow. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, athletes are, are a perfect example. They, they call it the flow state, they call it the zone, whatever they, they call it. And, and ultimately what happens is they ultimately forget about themselves and they fall into presence. And, and that presence elevates all of their qualities of play and it looks like what they're doing is magical and effortless and if you ask them at the end of a game how'd you get there they'll say i have no idea but i really enjoyed it <laughs> yeah wow uh, it's like uh learning learning firstly that it's true that what you're sharing is true and then secondly to learn how to trust it yeah you got it man. trust that that flow <laughs> Look, I know that you're, you're a writer as well. You've written blogs, you write vlogs. And here's something that I pulled from one of your sites. It says, and I just want to read it verbatim. And I want you to expound about what you mean by this. Is this okay with you? Okay. There is, and we've been kind of talking about it, but I want you to take, a deep, take us deeper. There is a deeper reality within us that holds vitality and clarity for us, no matter what our life circumstances. That came from your pen. What are you trying to tell us? Yeah. Life looks like, life circumstances, they look prescriptive. Meaning when, when challenging things are happening in our life, it looks like they're prescriptive in that we're supposed to feel a certain way and that we're supposed to respond a certain way. And what I'm saying is deep within us, out beyond that circumstance, deep within us, there is a reality that understands how to navigate those circumstances in the truest, most authentic, creative, resilient way. It doesn't make the circumstance go away but our capacity to see that circumstance for what it truly is and our capacity to navigate those circumstances with resilience, insightfully, and with clarity, that comes from a deeper understanding and a deeper reality that we all have and we can connect to that. What society wants us to believe is that circumstances are prescriptive that you're supposed to feel and act a certain way when something happens. 
But what I'm saying is that's not true. And that, and, and if we can kind of let go of that idea and see our truer nature, we can move into challenging circumstances in a creative way and not in a gripped uh, reactive way. Well, that's encouraging. Um, and that brings me to something else I pulled from one of your websites. And I'll just quote this phrase, pure possibility. And let me ask a question that was on the mind of everyone watching this or listening to this. You say, wait a minute, all of this sounds good, but they're asking Scott, is it possible for me? Then you got this thing, look, we are pure possibility. They say, well, wait a minute, is it possible? So I'm asking for everyone, Scott Kelly, from Scott Kelly Coaching, is it possible for me? Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's not only possible, it's inevitable. Hmm. Every single one of us is going to see our true reality at some point in our life. You know, and what, I've, what I see for people is the more we slow down, the, more, the, the, the higher the chance that we're going to get rear-ended by our true innate nature. Instead of chasing after things out here in the world, thinking that we're going to get something uh, that can only come from within, if we slow down for a moment, we get rear-ended by pure possibility. We get oh. rear-ended by insight. We get rear-ended by, by having new perspective and trust in life. And so some of it is, is like I said, like you said a, a little bit ago, it's, it's, it's kind of learning a level of trust, learning a level of trust that something deeper in me wants to reveal itself. And then being curious enough to listen deeply and see how that wants to come through and use you and I and everybody else, use us as a portal of possibility so that this pure, this pure potential can play on the planet. Wow. Mm. <laughs> okay. So look, uh, you've been in practice as a coach and consultant for over a decade now. Can you think of any success stories that you can share with us where someone walked into your office and, you know, you worked with them or even an organization, and then they were able to see different results for themselves or for the institution? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think one that immediately comes to mind is uh, a, a woman that I, that I worked with. Her, she initially came in because she was having um, lots of digestive challenges, uh, lots of fatigue challenges. And on the surface, it looked like, okay, well, here's, here's somebody that, that um, needs uh, a shift in their food. In conversation, what we started to recognize was that um, food, yes, needed a shift, but also their connection to their true self they were not following their own gut wisdom. Yeah. They were not able to follow their own instincts. They were more caught up in following someone else's prescription about who they were and who they needed to be in, the, in, in life so that that other person could be okay. Mm -hmm. This individual kind of started to see that, that they had so much that they to bring into life that they didn't feel like they had permission to. And once they started to find their own power, 
once they started to follow their own gut instinct, once they started to follow that deeper wisdom, what happened was their inflammatory levels in their gut started to go down. Their digestive system started to move. And not only that, most importantly, they started to actually express themselves in life in a freer way. So I love this example because, you know, they came in with a, I sometimes call them fat files. You know, they, they came in with a big fat file and they said, well, I'm going to be your hardest case. Well, that's obviously a belief. That's not a true statement. And, and but they, their fat file is trying to prove that, that statement right. And in this file were all these different practitioners who they'd worked with, and they'd been working on one dimension of health. They had said, hey, let's give you a digestive enzyme. Let's give you a probiotic. Let's give you an enema. Let's give you uh, a, gut, a, a gut massage. Uh, let's give you a prescriptive medication. And it wasn't until she insightfully felt like there was something deeper happening that she and I connected and started to have that deeper connection that was looking at her primary truth so that her secondary truth could really come alive. Mm. That's awesome. That, that is awesome. That's, that's very hopeful. Well, Scott, is there anything else that you want to share with us that I have that we have not touched on together? I don't know, Stephen. We, we've, uh, I feel like we've run the gamut here. Um, yeah. we, we've, we've covered a lot of ground, and I, I so appreciate you, you asking insightful and, and curious questions because I feel like uh, we've, we've explored a lot. So thank you very much. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed our conversation as well. And I thank you for being a guest on the, the Possibility Action Network podcast and your, your website note about pure possibilities. I said, oh, that's, that's what we are. <laughs> uh, okay, well, Scott, thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Um, you have been listening to or watching the Possibility Action Network podcast. Our guest today has been Scott Kelly, the founder of Scott Kelly Consulting and Coaching. I'm Stephen Middleton, your host. Until next time, good day. <laughs>